Live from ClickOrlando.com, this is News 6 at... This is a News 6 Plus takeover. Here now is Matt Austin and Ginger Gadston with Florida's 4th Estate. Sponsored by Light Orlando, delivering hope together. We still have tour guides now that I'll tell you, um, they have their favorite ghosts and they do have encounters there that they do follow them home. I still have some that come with me sometimes. What do you do with a hitchhiking ghost? Me, I'll turn around and go, you're not welcome to home. I will see you guys tomorrow night back in downtown. Coming up, a ghost tour guide takes us inside one of Florida's creepiest cemeteries. Oh, and if you believe all that, I got some uh, oceanfront property in Montana I'd like to sell you. Uh, Ginger, I'll buy it. Ginger is buying I'm it. I'm buying it. She's I, buying it all with this ghost well, stuff. I'm just saying, week. if the ghost is willing to pay part of the mortgage, maybe it can stay. <laughs> that, mm. That's the only way, but you don't even think it's real. So. No. Uh, so we uh, have an ongoing dispute on this show. If ghosts are real, Ginger's going to try and prove to you that they are, in fact, but you're going to have to wait for us to get through this week's headlines before before we debate this whole deal. Yeah, it has been just one of those weeks here in Central Florida, a cornucopia of crazy and interesting stories in Central Florida. And we're going to start with how expensive things are. Imagine being the mayor of a town somewhere in Central Florida, and you have to take to Facebook to tell the people, hey, guys, anybody looking for a roommate, maybe? (laughs) (laughs) The mayor of Deltona made a Facebook post recently, and it really caught a lot of people's attention. He's paying a little more than $1,600 for a place, and that is about to become unaffordable because the rent is too darn high. Not only in Deltona, you know, Central Florida is known as Boomtown, and you move a little further out because you think you can get cheaper real estate. So this poor guy can't do it anymore. I think he's going to have to take on a little more responsibility. This is how he addressed the issue. Hey, the mayor of Daltona can't afford to live in the city that he's the mayor of. I have some interviews lined up already, so I'm going to get myself another job. So I'll be working multiple jobs. It's pretty crazy to think that the mayor of a town, usually somebody kind of doing well, you would think if you're the mayor of a town. But in this town, this mayor makes, it's a part-time job, making yeah. around 18 bucks an hour. He has another job already. Now he's saying he's going to have to make it trace job. jobs yeah. just to be able to afford a place to live. That's who a can, crazy time. Oh, who, well, you can't afford the rent, but who can afford to work three jobs? When do you actually have a real life? You don't. Is the question. You don't have time to have a real life if you want to try to afford a place to live food to eat which mm-hmm. is just crazy and even like eating out is expensive but even going to the grocery store is just insane Everything these costs days more and i'm so happy that he actually came forward and said something because a lot of people live in shame saying i can't afford this and i don't know what to do and sometimes they're behind on their rent or they try to look for cheaper places and there's no such thing as a cheap place uh to rent anymore so hopefully with him coming forward and trying to come up with some solutions it's going to take more than just the mayor of Deltona, it's going to take all of us to come up with some sort of affordable housing solution. But it is a big problem, not just here in Florida, but all across the country. But we've really been seeing people hurting here in Florida. You remember when you used to be able to find a place for 800 bucks? I'm going to rent a place for 800 bucks, have a roommate, and you could totally survive on that. Dude, I lived in Casey, South Carolina, which is a suburb of Columbia, South Carolina. And my first job, I was still in college and I lived off campus, 210. Two ten a month, and I could. 
it was hard for me to make that. <laughs> <laughs> Those early saying, TV jobs, it's whoa, a struggle for real, sure. R- real sexy. You're making below <laughs> minimum wage on those early TV jobs. That is for oh, sure. Oh, I still remember that place. Oh, man, that's wild. Yeah, I had a, I had a kid when I was in, in my early TV jobs. Don't Yikes. get me started. I it can't was, even imagine. It was not easy. <laughs> she was a skinny baby. Let's just say that. <laughs> All right, let's talk about the other uh, story that caught our eye this week. So a while back, we had heard this story about this bear that got onto Disney property. Like, how do you even... I couldn't sneak onto Disney property if I wanted to, if I had my ninja suit on. It's a bear. It's not sneaking. It, it's not sneaking. <laughs> so this bear got onto property, and our own Mike DeForest, our investigator, said about 30 minutes after he heard about this story, he asked for the body yep. cam. And so he got the body cam of the whole process of what happens on Disney when a bear makes it onto the campus there. Let's listen into some of the sound he got from this body cam. He's in a portion of the, portion of the tree that he, he's gonna be easy to dart, but if he falls straight down, he's gonna be falling into the water. Coming down, buddy. Yeah. All right, he's on the ground. He's coming your way, Scotty. Scotty, get ahead, way ahead. Get him, Scotty. So they were freaking out a little bit because they thought they had to do a tranquilizer dart to get this bear down. Mm -hmm. They were worried it was going to fall into that little pond there and maybe drown. But when they hit it, they even had Disney workers there like crocheting a little cargo net to catch him, but it ended up running off. Only Disney would have people at the ready. It's like, oh, we got to net this bear. Okay, let's just crochet a net. We'll make you a net. Right away. So they ended up catching the bear. You can see it being released right there. I would say juvenile, you know, maybe like a teenage black bear. They said it was about big... 150 pounds. Oh, okay. So it, that's a, I mean, I don't know. I'm. I, this is the distance I would like to, to stay. That's them making the net right there. Yeah. And you can see them doing it in Frontierland. Right. Uh, in the middle of all the teepees and <laughs> everything Which else. It's a bizarre sight. I know. Only, only at Disney World. Okay. The other story that we're talking about, we love animals. And this one really caught our eye because it's coming out of Putnam County. I can't imagine if my dog or cat were missing for just 30 minutes, I would be in a panic, just a wild panic. There's a family who lost their African tortoise. It was gone for three years. (laughs) It was, a, it was a fast getaway. No, the timing. The timing is the part. You need to get to the timing okay, of the story. It was missing for three years. They Someone found it, and it was five, five miles away from home. And he almost got away with it. He almost got away with it. My goodness. I mean... It's a and it's a big, it's a hefty looking That's turtle. That's a lumbering tortoise right there. Yeah, and so... They were saying that it's pretty banged up because it suffered through some cold winters. We had a couple of cold winters here in Florida. It got yeah. down into the 40s and, and 30s in some cases. He's looking Putnam a County. little. He's looking a little, little rough around up. the edges there. But thank goodness the owners were able to identify him through a Facebook post. Someone's like, "Is this your African tortoise? <laughs> <laughs> if so, please come forward." I mean, it's not chipped or anything, but he, it's going to be okay. And. Um, I would advise that they probably keep a better eye on this thing. Three years. Three years. Can you imagine? What kind of turtle parent are you if a turtle can get away? It's not like, would it get out the doggy door? It would take a week to get out the doggy door. It reminds me of this joke, though, I used to tell when oh, I was boy. a kid. And uh, it was like this guy, he's walking out of his house, right? And he sees a snail and he goes, ah, stupid snail. He kicks the snail. And six years later, he hears a little tap. 
at the door. <laughs> and he opens the door and the snail's like, what the hell was that all about? Six years I, later. I hate that I laughed at that. <laughs> I really hate myself right now for laughing. The fact at that, that okay. you laughed at that means we can stay I'll, friends I'll because that's a good one. I'll give you credit. That was pretty funny. All right. Thank you very much. Hey, we've got a lot more for you coming up after the break. I ain't afraid of no ghosts. Or we're going to talk to a lady who gives out ghost tours in a pretty creepy cemetery near Orlando. We'll tell you what the deal is with that place. It's it's a mixed bag for us here on Florida's Fourth Estate. Stick with us. We'll be right back. Sign up to The Economist for in-depth curated expert analysis of world events and topics ranging from business and culture to science and technology. You'll get the weekly digital edition, online-only articles, curated newsletters on politics, the markets, science, culture, and China, and full access to The Economist Podcast Plus. The Economist is independent journalism for independent thinking. Go to economist.com and get your first month free. It is the scariest time of year in the state of Ooh. Florida. Ooh. So scary. Yeah, we're getting scared today on the show. Welcome to Florida's Fourth Estate. As we're going to discuss one of the creepiest, one of the scariest places in all of this beautiful state. We're known for our beaches, our people in mouse costumes, which can be scary enough. Uh, but we're talking about a cemetery today, Gigi. Yeah, we're talking about ghost, ghouls, goblins, all the scary stuff that I don't like to talk about and stuff that Matt doesn't even believe in. But the person who I think can convince him is one of our favorite guests. We had her on last year to talk about some ghost adventures. It's Ting Rappa. She is with the American Ghost Adventures. But this year, you're going to talk about a cemetery where we can take a tour. Tell us a little bit about this. It's the Greenwood Cemetery in Orlando. Why would anybody in their right mind, Ting, want to take a tour through a cemetery? And is it at night? It is at nighttime. So we do this once a year, twice a year at the most in the month of October, where you can legally go into a cemetery at nighttime. It's a lot of fun. It's 120 acres. So it's huge. It's historical. And this is where all the founders of Orlando are pretty much buried at. Okay. And this cemetery, you said very old. There has to be some stories in there, either from the people who are buried there or from people who have been walking around, visiting, feeling things. Give us like your A plus, the red meat story that really reels people in when you're in the Greenwood Cemetery. That's a visual. So one of our um, beginning of our tours way back when, when we started, my partner was in part of the cemetery and I was in the other part of the cemetery. And he calls me up on our cell phone. He goes, hey, where are you at? And I go, I'm by so-and-so place in the cemetery. And he goes, are you sure? And I'm like, I'm positive. What's going on? He goes, are you carrying some lan lanterns or anything? And I'm like, nope, that's not us. We're over here. We're completely in the dark right now. We're doing a session right now with a, a, a spirit box. And he goes, you're not walking. I'm like, I'm definitely not walking. We're all sitting down right now on the curb talking about ghost stories. And he goes, there's a group of people right now walking uh, probably – 200, 300 feet in front of me with lanterns. And I go, that's not us. The, the cemetery is definitely closed. There's nobody else in here. Security's driving around. And he goes, they're marching. And I go, well, go over there and see who it is. By the time he got over there, 
He was in the military area and they saw apparitions marching. His entire group saw apparitions with lights walking and the lights disappear in the thin air. He else was there. That was pretty creepy itself. Okay, Ting, why is it that people in these scenarios always say, go over and see what it is? Because that's the opposite <laughs> of what I would do. <laughs> Well, that's you why tell I sent him, Gigi. I didn't go. <laughs> <laughs> I sent my partner to go look at it because he's brave and he wanted to see it. He saw it. I was over in somewhere else. I'm in a crowd of people. I'm always in the middle. I'm never at the beginning. I'm never at the end. So I'm with you. Okay. You're a okay. survivor. That's what I like yeah. to hear. <laughs> exactly. You live to tell the tale. What mm -hmm. is it about a, a cemetery at night? that makes it, you know, I've been to, to several during the day and it, it seems to be fine. You're just careful where you walk, but at night it's a different atmosphere. What is that Ting? Cause you can feel it. Oh, absolutely. It's just the darkness at the time settling in. This is the only location I can tell people, I cannot guarantee you friendly interactions with spirits. Um, what? people have come what? on our tours what you here. Saying? Yeah, I mean, people can get scratched. They can get touched here. There are different people there. There are different spirits there. There's so many bodies. There's so many spirits in a cemetery that, yeah, this is the only place I can't guarantee you that it's always going to be friendly interactions. Um, Dang, who's my touching son, us? Say one more time. I'm so sorry. sorry. <laughs> who is touching us? I'm sorry. Who is touching us in the cemetery? That's just it. I'm not sure. I'm not sure. It's not always humans that are there. Um, there's different things that come through. So it's very, very interesting. My son, he was really small. He was playing in the uh, cemetery. We were setting up and he was just playing with his little car and he's, you know, driving it in on the little road. All of a sudden he stands up, looks over at one area, just stares at the space, runs over to me. He goes, monster, monster. So I'm like, whoo, we don't talk about ghosts to him. We don't try to scare him. But for him to get up from playing and run over and grab my leg and say, monster, monster. And he's pointing into a part of the cemetery where there's nobody standing at. There's nothing that I can see at that point in time. So, yeah, I mean, lots of people have different uh, interactions at the cemetery. It is an amazing place. But, yes, this is the only place I can't tell you that everything is going to be friendly there. Oh, I like that. As uh, If I were a ghost tour giver, I can tell you, I'd be like, oh, yeah, if you look right over there, there's uh, this is Joseph L. And then I'd be like tickling him uh, with the, whoa, did you feel something? So do your tour guide, I'm going to show a little video of the tour here. This is nighttime at Greenwood. You kind of. Mm -hmm. You can get a little feel for things. Yeah. There's there. So give us a set the scene as we're watching it. What What is happening as you give these tours, Ting? So right now we're going up Creepy Hill is what we call it. That's our nickname for that hill because it is just dark. It's uh, trees are overtaking the area. Um, it's uh, very eerie. Sometimes we hear footsteps there. There's a mausoleum there also that glows in the dark every once in a while. Shadow figures are seen in this area. And you definitely, this is where most people get touched at. And we're approaching what I call Creepy Hill. That's not the official name of it, but that's our <laughs> name for it. I think it's <laughs> well, a fitting name. Official name. Yeah. Uh, oh, so yeah. Have you had people go and not be able to finish? Yes. There was two people that walked off because they were like, this is too scary. We got to leave. So, yeah, there's a, there's a lot of activity that happens there. I mean, there's a lot of shadow figures that walk through there. And there's, like I said, voices that you cannot explain when your entire group is together. And we stick in numbers to, for safety. 
So it's kind of a an eerie little area. Definitely a lot of fun, though. It's exciting. Okay. If you're a, an adrenaline junkie, yeah, this is it. <laughs> yeah, I'm, I mean, I'm like a adrenaline junkie, like hang gliding. I don't know about uh, cemeteries <laughs> in the middle of the night, but tell me... Has have any like paranormal crews ever been out there? I know some of the places where they say there are a lot of ghosts hanging around. These paranormal crews or these documentary filmmakers go out there with their weird little sonic thing. I don't know what they do to kind of find the paranormal activity. Yeah. yeah, their instruments. Has anybody done that in that location? We do it. We do it. So when you come on a tour, we have the equipment there for you. We have what we call K2 meters and EMF detectors that pick up uh, uh, energies and EMF fields. There is no electricity out in the cemetery. That's why these instruments work so great. And you can actually see the pathway where the spirit is walking sometimes because it'll light up one by one on each person as it walks past them. It is incredible. We have what we call the REM pod where they actually have to touch it for it to go off. And we'll put it in, in a certain area. Nobody's standing around it and that will go off by itself. We have flashlight activity where we'll lay it down so that we can have communications and ask questions. And the flashlights will come on and we'll have a full on conversation with whoever we're talking to. And sometimes they'll actually walk us to their headstone. There are certain incidences I could tell you who is still haunting the places or who's visiting us that night because they will walk us to their headstone. It's that specific. It's pretty cool. Oh my God. Okay. Have you ever had an encounter or has anyone ever told you that they left one of these tours and they feel as if they had uh, maybe a passenger with them that went home? Absolutely. So our spirits actually (laughs) um, choose our tour guides. So I used to tell our tour guides when they were applying for the job, you, uh, what would you do if a ghost came home with you? You know, and I, now I just go, a ghost will go home with you. (laughs) If you do these tours, they're going to come home. They're going to visit you. How would you react to that? So yes, we still have tour guides now that I'll tell you, um, they have their favorite ghosts and they do have encounters there that they do follow them home. I still have some that come with me sometimes and I will stop them at my front door. My dog will come greet me. And if my dog, you know, looks behind me, I'll turn around and go, you're not welcoming the home. I will see you guys tomorrow night back in downtown. So, yeah, you're not coming in with me tonight. <laughs> so just a little tip, a little bonus, a little extra you get to bring home and have your ha- house haunted. I don't know if I would put that one in the commercial, yes. Ting. I don't know if that's a big <laughs> sales pitch. That's totally Hitch, creepy. Hitchhiking ghosts. <laughs> Hitchhiking ghosts. Okay, I might not be able to get on board with the ghost stuff, but I do in my older age here at 40 years old, I find cemeteries pretty interesting. If you walk around during the day, to see some of the different headstones, and some are grand and some are kind of downplayed. Do you do you find that part, is that part of the tour as well, getting to sort of see the stories of the people who were there and maybe why, you know, you might see a guy, it almost seems like he had two wives on either side or something weird, you know, when you're watching the uh, different gravestones? Absolutely. I said, you don't have to be a ghost believer to come on my tours. We're going to have the historical fun facts for you that's going to entertain you. Just like you said, a guy that's buried between two ex-wives and two ex-mother-in-laws, you know what I mean? Uh, the oldest headstone, uh, the, the, you know, the, the metal casings out there and cool stories about how people died. 
and why they're here. How they ended up in the Greenwood Cemetery. Those are some cool stories. And of course, we have the cool ghost stories. So you do not have to be a ghost believer to come on this tour. All right, Ting, you're, you give a good sales pitch. I do think it would be a fun oh. night to go out there and, uh, and hang out with come you. Out. Even if I had yeah. to hang out in a dark cemetery, <laughs> you could maybe make it worthwhile. So how can people set up a tour at the Greenwood Cemetery? So go on our website. It's AmericanGhostAdventures.com and you can book it there. Thank you so much, Tig, for hanging out with us for a little bit. You stay safe out there in that dark cemetery. Yeah, don't get scratched. And thank you for watching Florida's Fourth Estate. You can download it from wherever you listen to podcasts or watch anytime on News 6+.